The sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. John chapter 10, verse 4 and 5. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Heavenly Father, please bless my preaching to be true and useful for building up your people in the knowledge of your truth. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Um, I know most of you all, and I know that as my brothers and sisters in the Lord, when um, a selfish or, or evil thought comes to mind of a suggestion of something to do, that you know that that's not the right voice to follow. And that's because you have the indwelling Holy Spirit who gives you that discernment and that recognition um, pretty close to real time of, oh, no, that, that's, that is not the right way. And that's a spiritual awareness that we take for granted as Christians that actually isn't our, ours by nature. It, it, it's given us by grace, by our life in the Lord. And so um, the devil, seeing that... Um, Christians, we can't be tricked so easily by just these false suggestions that we recognize as not the voice of the Lord. And I'm not talking about audible voices, although I hope none of you do ever struggle with schizophrenia, but it does, I mean, it does exist as a thing. I'm not talking about audible voices, I'm talking about those suggestions of thought to conscience. The devil knows that the children of God are not so easily trickable, so he's concocted an alternate plan to try and get us to not hear the voice of God. And it's simply by filling the airwaves, and I'm talking as a metaphor, filling the airwaves with noise, with noise. Noise that can interrupt or baffle uh, the voice of God to our hearing. The image that comes to mind is um, one of, like one of those frustrating times when you're trying to talk to someone on your phone, like at an airport or something, and it's like there's tons of people, so the signal's bad, and there's so much noise, and there's other people talking, and you're trying to hear like, wait, what color car did you rent? You know, and you're just trying to piece together like that information that you need. And there's so much noise, it makes it hard to hear. Add on to that word picture that our sins have caused us to have a spiritual ear infection that we don't hear well to begin with. And I think that's a picture of our spiritual state as we seek to listen to the voice of the Good Shepherd in daily life. So the chief noise that he creates um, is distraction which can literally be by anything. So there's the usual culprits, which I hope come to mind, which we need to be constantly pruning back as weeds that grow up in the garden of the soul. Our phones, YouTube, Facebook, daily news, the markets, but really anything that just takes our attention. Shopping, socializing, even theology articles. I'm not even joking. You would think that. As a priest, in some way, I would be like somehow more safeguarded. No, the weirdest and worst things can be distractions from actually listening to the real voice of God. There's a terrible, a shocking simplicity in Mark chapter 4 when Jesus unpacks the parable of the sower, you know, where the seed falls on the four different kinds of soil. And he describes the seed that's sown among weeds and thorns, the things that choke out faith. The last thing on the list is simply desires for other things. It's that simple. Just desires for other things, just any other thing that we can wander away and be over-distracted and engrossed by and therefore, for that moment, rendered deaf 
to the voice of the Lord. So in a world that's full of spiritual noise and with a flesh that's so inclined to distraction, we can't just blame the modern iPhone era. This has been a problem since, since Eden. How are we to hear the voice of God? I want to offer um, two thoughts to that end this morning. Um, the first is clearing space for silence. Just trying to block out the noise. In the active life that all of us in this room have been called into with work and families and duties, it's not going to be a great quantity of time perhaps in a day, but at least to grab a little bit of the day for quiet. Quiet, just literally quiet, alone with God. One of the great um, spiritual uh, masters of the 17th century said that if you were to take 20 minutes, and in that 20 minutes, not even even get to your Bible reading, but just spend 20 minutes trying to quiet your heart with God's help to become aware of his presence, that is 20 minutes well spent. Silence at the beginning of the day, perhaps silence in the car, rather than just that default habit of turn on the sound. Silence for those 30-second breaks between things on the schedule of the day. Just those moments to kind of throw the heart up to the Lord in a moment of quiet. And if, if life circumstance permits it, times of silent retreat, as you can take them for 24 or 48 hours, just here and there, a couple times a year. Get a hotel room just to be quiet. In silence, we clear away the noise, literal silence, we clear away also the spiritual noise that we've internalized. And I, I am fully convinced this is, a, this is not something where you do a six-week course and then you attain inner silence and then your spiritual life just... No, this is a lifelong struggle and trajectory. I think if the first steps of silence are received in five or ten years, it's like, that's decent progress in this crazy world. It's a lifetime goal. My hope is that like quiet will be just pure peace and an easy thing to attain when I'm 80, if God grants me those years. It's a lifetime project. So clearing space for silence. And then the other thing I want to offer is um, just this idea of using prudence and even, and this, let me explain this, but even probability when it comes to trying to understand what the Lord is saying. Let me explain. Um, because there's... Um, there's so much noise, spiritual noise, interrupting our hearing the voice of God. I think we need to be prudent in when we say, yeah, this is what God is saying. So using the airport analogy, this is, this is not a very good picture, but the best I could come up with was, let's say you're like trying to meet your friend who's like picking you up in the car or something, and you, what you hear on the phone is, um, uh, walk into the street, and it's like busy traffic, and you're like, you would check for a second, well, did he say, walk into the street, or, or did I miss the word I'm? He said, I'm walking into the street. You know, you'd kind of, you'd think through, there's a lot of noise going on. I want to make sure I heard right. And maybe you're being called to kind of cross some lanes or something. But you would think about it with prudence and probability. You'd factor in the fact that there's noise in the hearing. So just some field notes on spiritual noise filtering. Um, I'm convinced, by my experience is, the two hardest places to hear God's voice, most difficult, are trying to understand what God is saying in circumstance um, or with regards to like the particular vocation on your life. Those are the two hardest things. That's not step one. That's like step 100 if we get there. I think as Christians, we should be very slow to say of any circumstance, like something that God has put in our path. Slow to say, it's God's will. 
much better to say, it's possibly God's will, and keep sitting on it and waiting, and maybe even say, yeah, I think this is probably God's will. Those are great words for a Christian to use, possibly, probably, rather than, yes, it's God's will. It, it came into my lap. It must be from God. It might not. Not that God isn't sovereignly overseeing everything, but the enemy does also present tests. Same thing with particular vocational will. Should I do this? Should I take this job? Should I buy this car? Being aware that there are so many uh, fleshly and worldly factors that kind of fill those airwaves with noise. Say, I think this is what the Lord's calling me to do. That's a fine thing to say. It doesn't have to be this definite certainty. And if you are thinking wrong and heard wrong, the Lord will keep speaking to you and will redirect you. Wait, no, no, you heard wrong about that in time. Possibly, probably. These are great words when we speak about God's will in circumstance or vocation. I think it's much easier to discern the voice of God in the arena of his general moral will, the things that are always true for all Christians at all times. It's rare to have 100% certainty, but I think we can speak with much more probability that if you have the thought of, I should take this 20 minutes to be quiet with the Lord. That's very, I'm very close to certainly that that is God's voice. I say not always because sometimes I have that thought when really I need to do the dishes and, you know, it's like, I think now's the right time for some quiet time. No, I should probably just do the dishes first. But it's more probably the Lord when it's in the direction of things he has revealed. And here's where the scriptures come in. The knowledge of his will in the scriptures is what shows us what is generally his will. So if you have the thought, hey, I should reveal this thing I did for honesty's sake. You can trust that, yeah, that's probably the Lord speaking through conscience, speaking to your mind. So as we pilgrim through this life and we seek earnestly to cut through the noise, really seeking, leaning in with the ear to listen for the voice of the Good Shepherd because he does speak to us, because he loves us and is wanting to guide our lives in the direction of his will, his general will and his particular will. To be leaning in, I, I use something like kind of an inner decision tree when I'm trying to say, Lord, is that you? To kind of th- think through which arena is this? Is this like very particular and circumstantial or like a general moral thing? And then if it's particular and circumstantial, I tread much more carefully. Lord, I, I think you're calling me to this. I'm not sure. But if it's a general moral thing, say, Lord, I really think you are called. This is, I feel confident this is what you're saying to me. And then even with both arenas, sort of a second question that is useful to ask. Um, and I, I have an older, wiser spiritual brother. I sometimes seek counsel from him. I called her the question this week. And I was trying to kind of split these hairs on something I was wrestling through. And he was like, and he, his words to me, which were so blessed, were, um, the Lord nowhere in the Gospels ever encounters someone and says, no, 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 stop there. You've done enough repentance on that topic. You can stop right there. It's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> so one of the questions I'm reminded of is, And any sort of trying to discern the Lord's will, does it lead to a sort of self-satisfied, self-contentment kind of stasis? Or does it nudge you one step further into the humbling that the Lord calls his servants into? And repentance, continual repentance that the Lord calls us into. And that's as a secondary question, that's really useful. Of Like, is this you, Lord? Well, it, it leads to sort of feeling really satisfied about myself. That's probably not your voice. 
right? Or it leads to feeling kind of like I'm, I'm actually kind of bummed that I'm this pitiful. That's probably your voice. He exalts the lowly and casts down the proud. So that sort of secondary question in terms of listening to his voice. Um, so to that end, um, I actually want to conclude uh, with praying that as we tr- journey through this week and this year, um, we would all grow together in recognizing the voice of the Lord and having discernment to cut through the noise. So let me pray for us. Father, I pray for that very gift, that you would help us to be prudent and wise in accounting for all the noise in our hearts, in our minds, in the world, that would block out our ability to hear your quiet voice. Please, Lord, over these next weeks and years and decades, quiet that noise in us. Give us ears to hear you, as you say over and over again. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Lord, give us ears to hear you. Your voice through conscience, through the Spirit, to our hearts and to our minds, to our wills. Lord, I pray that each of us, myself included, that with a few more years of seeking you and following you, we become even more confident in the very sound of your voice. And that we would love your voice and your words, your kind speech through your Holy Spirit. And that listening to your voice, we would follow you, obey you, and be led to spiritual green pastures now and eternal bliss forever with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.